save a lot of time just focused on rapping. A lot of people doubted and said it wouldn't happen. Focus on my own path, others walking straight. This rap game a jungle, use my prey. Hello and welcome to episode number 33 of Ope Sports with Jordan Adams. Today we are joined again with co-host Andrew. Andrew, how are you on this fine day? Good as always, Jordan. Well, let's um, get right into some breaking news. Um, This episode was going to be entirely NFL-related, but um, you just can't do that when your hometown hero makes the Hall of Fame. Joe Maurer has officially become a first-ballot Hall of Famer. Um, He's a 2001 first-overall draft pick and a St. Paul, Minnesota native. Uh, Throughout his career, he was a six-time All-Star, an American League MVP, a three-time Gold Glove winner, a five-time Silver Slugger, and a three-time American League batting champion. A hell of a resume, and um, well, it's just kind of cool to see the Minnesota kid, uh, you know, be in the immortality of baseball forever. Um, Anything you want to say about it, Andrew? Dude, I loved Joe Maurer as a kid, man. Uh, One of the few people that made me like baseball, so it's good to see him get recognized on a national level. Yeah, um, you know, I, like, I feel like... I wasn't ever super into Joe Maurer when he was on the team. Like, I never, like, hated him like a lot of Minnesota fan base does, but I never loved him like a lot of the Minnesota fan base does. Like, it seems like that's pretty much, you either love him or hate him. Like, you know, he's a hometown guy and you just love Joe Maurer or else you just, I don't know, you just think he underperformed and never did anything to, you know, give him a legacy by essentially a world series that's kind of what people wanted and um you know yeah it sucks he didn't win a world series but at the end of the day you know i don't think you can in a team sport you can't like just say hey you didn't win a championship you're nothing um let's look at adrian peterson for example in football are we really gonna say he's a not a hall of famer that he's not a quality running back because he didn't have a super bowl in his resume it's you know uh charles barkley's another in the the nba he was never able to win one but he's an all-time great i just at the end of the day it's great to have a championship and it solidifies your resume but if you have enough uh individual accomplishments like joe mauer has i mean you can't you know just degrade the player because he didn't bring home the big trophy with his entire team. Yeah, uh, especially in baseball, man. One guy cannot make an entire team for sure. Yeah, yeah. Even I mean, you have that uh, Oatani guy or who uh, was their like number one pitcher and also their like lead batter and everything. And well, they couldn't do anything with him, even though he's like the best at everything. But Cause yeah, baseball you have to you have multiple pitchers, starting, closing, relief, and then uh, you got you know your outfield and your infield. That's plus your designated batting hitter. That's nine in your rotation. That's a huge lineup, especially in a season that's over 160 games. That really adds up because you know for sure there are going to be some injuries, and obviously your starting pitcher doesn't go 164 games in the season. Um, but yeah, I just, that's cool that he gets the first ballot hall of famer and he's, uh, made Minnesota proud. Um, that's all I have to say on Joe Maurer though. So I think we just get right into NFL now. Oh yeah. Um, okay. So the first game we're going to discuss is Houston versus Baltimore. Um, listen, Baltimore proved they are a true contender winning in dominating fashion, 34 to 10. Um, 
yeah, I honestly watching that game, it just that that team is just an embarrassment of riches. Like I saw Kyle Hamilton drop an easy interception at one point in that game, and that's just one play that I'm like remembering bare in my head right now. And they won by over three touchdowns. So right. uh like Delvin Cook didn't have many opportunities, but he came late in the game and like bursted for a twenty or thirty yard gain. Once he starts get going uh to get going, because this is his first game, um just an embarrassment of riches, and it gets worse. Marlon Humphrey, an all-pro cornerback, and Mark Andrews, an all-pro tight end, both of them didn't even play last week. Mark Andrews was expected to probably come back, could do it. Both may return this week and further strengthen that roster. Um, now, I, I think the corner, there might be a little bit of uh, hiccups getting into the lineup right away, but I feel like you could kind of ease him into the lineup, and even if he's like the fourth or fifth corner to start a series or two, that's still a huge upgrade. And Mark Andrews, I mean, yeah, like it'll probably take him a series or so to get used to the speed again, but... Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews have years of chemistry. I don't think that would mess up their roster at all. As long as Lively, their other tight end, is still getting opportunities. This last game, they used like a lot of two end set, two tight end sets as well. So I feel like adding Mark Andrews in would just be seamless. Um, but yeah, I really liked Baltimore's game. Uh, what do you want to say on the Baltimore I am team? Ha- I am happy uh, that Houston showed up and made it a game for the first half. Like, it shows that they have it. They went toe-to-toe with Baltimore for a half. Yep. And I feel like that's as good as they really could have done going into this game with how young their roster is and everything like that. Like, hang your hat uh, hang your hat high, uh, Houston, but Baltimore just is a different team than every other this this NFL season in particular. I mean, this Baltimore team is, it seems like they're built and destined to go to the Super Bowl. Like, that's kind of what this season was for them. And, um, you know, you're saying uh, how Houston should feel. We also got to remember that Tank Dell wasn't even out there. He's been out for weeks. And he was the bonafide number one receiver there. You talk about their draft class and... It's pretty wild. Like losing the divisional round thirty-four to ten to Baltimore, you can't even be upset. I mean, you can have like that initial ah, oh, it sucks you lost a playoff game, but it doesn't linger into the next day because look at what their fan base has dealt with. And then this year, it's just nothing short of incredible. C.J. Stroud, I think every single credible person that works in media or small scale people, every single person had their head turned this year from this guy. Right. Even if you thought he was going to be a bonafide star quarterback, no way you thought he would do this this first year. No way you thought he would do this. Right. It's just incredible. So I, if I was a Houston fan, I would be extremely pleased, and I would just be really, really keen on getting ready for this draft and free agency that's coming up because Houston's going to be a problem. <laughs> Man, they're going to be on the hype train all offseason. Yep, yep. Um, I, I think it, they're going to be the favorite to win the division for sure. Oh, um, Jacksonville, who was primed to lead this division for the next half decade, uh, they're going to become an afterthought unless they get their crap together real quick. Right. Um, but yeah, that's that's really all I want to say. I'm, I'm excited to see Baltimore play again this next week. Um, I just I think the better team moved on, and that's uh, it. Wouldn't really have mattered if. You know, Houston lost the game and Cleveland came in. I still, 
I, I didn't have Baltimore losing to people. Like, I, I just thought this team would steamroll, and it, like you said, it was a close beginning, but Baltimore didn't hang in there for long. Eventually, they just wanted to pull away and did so. Right. Uh, but yeah. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then KC and Buffalo. This is a game that both Andrew and I called wrong um, after both calling the Baltimore game correctly. Um, so, sixth straight AFC championship game for Patrick Mahomes. Every single year as a starting quarterback in the NFL he has made this game every single year. I, I mean, like, seriously, just think about that for a second. The, the Detroit Lions are, are in this game this, this year. It's been like 32 years since they were at that point. 32 years. Every year he's been in the league. I mean, wow. It's, it's like a cheat. Co- it's seriously like you're playing Madden on rookie. Right. And, the NFL just doesn't have an answer for him. They just don't, and and they won't. This guy is... We, we are so fortunate to move from Tom Brady to Patrick Mahomes as the face of the league. I mean, I don't think you could have gotten a better face of the league than Mahomes. Oh, yeah, no. I love Mahomes, man. Every time I see him on the screen, he just seems like such a genuine nice guy, except for when he's crying about the refs. Yeah, I, I mean, I've seen a lot of that this year, though. A lot of these players have been crying about the refs, I feel. And, you know, hey, I feel it, though. Sometimes I'm doing it on the TV. <laughs> but, I mean, I feel like you got to conduct yourself professionally. Um, like, I mean, when you're in a Mahomes position. But also when you make six, uh, six straight AFC championships. No one in KC cares if he's crying. Right. No one cares. Um, and then Travis Kelsey scored two touchdowns after not scoring since November 20th versus the Philadelphia Eagles. He, he hasn't gotten a touchdown in over two months. And then he scored two. I, what the hell? Like that, I've, I've been saying this team, nothing's going right. They can't catch. And Travis Kelsey's disappeared. Well, I mean, if I know he was going to pull two touchdowns again, like, I mean, that's what we were expecting all year, and he couldn't do it. So, I mean, hey, talk about getting hot at the right time. That's really all I got to say for that. And um, also Tyler Bass with a big miss kick. Vikings fans felt that one for sure. It was very funny to watch on, like, the end of not liking Buffalo because I just don't like Buffalo for whatever reason I don't. And so I laughed right away thinking it's really funny, but then afterwards I said, man, that's that's how we feel every time. That's, that's bull crap, though. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, that's what happens. To have it all end on a missed kick, it's just, it can be such a heartbreaker. But at the same time, like, if they make that kick... You know Mahomes either Probably. had enough time or was just going to do it in overtime. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, I mean, that's probably what would have happened because you can't give Mahomes, like, if you give him more than 30 seconds, he's going to build a drive down the field. So, like you said, it probably wouldn't have mattered, but the kicker's just going to, because it's all on your shoulders. It's it's like in the new Maddens when, like, the screen's shaking because they ice the kicker and stuff. Like, that's probably, like, literally what it is for the kicker in that moment, even when he's the home guy. Because if they're not chanting and, like, screaming at you, if they're just giving you peace, that's still stressful because you know exactly what this kick means. He just shanked it. That's, you know, I mean, that's a kick he probably makes 99 times out of 100, and he just couldn't pull it off in the big game. Um, but I think the biggest story, because a lot of people are talking about the kicker, but to me, Stefan Diggs. He went 
Three catches for 21 yards, all game. His last touchdown was November 26th versus the Eagles, and his last 100-yard game was October 15th. Two months from a touchdown, three months from a 100-yard game. And this is a guy who wants to call himself the best wide receiver in the league. And, you know, it's funny because there's no way you can say that he won... um, going to Buffalo over what we got with Jefferson. Like, this is... Jefferson would never. In a playoff game, 3-21? Like, that's... This is just an unprecedented streak of crap. Jefferson missed games, and within that time, he still was able to, like, outperform him on, like, a base. It's just... It's kind of crazy. I, I think that's the big thing that I'd look this offseason, is maybe Buffalo is going to have to do something with Diggs. And the funny thing is, is he just is finishing his contract that he signed with the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. So, like, the big contract that they gave him a year or two ago is just going to kick in now. Yeah. And I don't really think he fits the team. It seems like Josh Allen forces him the ball, and he did have a big drop late in the game that he could have caught, and, you know, he just didn't. That's kind of what I'd look at. A receiver has costed $25 million and who isn't adding anything. I mean, I'm looking at Kincaid and Knox. That's a really good tight end duo. You have Cook back there, pretty good running back. Gabe Davis. Yeah, I think he's good. I'd maybe look in the draft for another guy or free agency. I mean, because I would guess there'd be someone interested in Diggs, but I mean... It's going to have to be a team with a lot of cap space, like maybe someone like the Bears. Imagine that, like pairing (laughs) Diggs and Moore for fields. Like that would be an exciting thing. But I mean, I don't know. I don't see like that really being a realistic thing, but it would be interesting. No. um, And that's another thing with Diggs. I feel like he wouldn't want to go anywhere where he's not for sure without any competition the number one because he didn't like playing with Thielen like I feel like he liked Thielen and they were friends but he had issues on the field when Thielen was getting more love and stuff like he just he wants to be the guy and I feel it but that's yeah that's (laughs) not a problem if you can be the guy in any and all circumstances like Tyree Kill uh Justin Jefferson yeah Devontae Adams, even. Like, no matter who you line them up against, for the most part, they're going to get the job done. Even Adams did it with a rookie this year and stuff. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Diggs has his guy from years, three catches and 21 yards in a playoff game. That's a much bigger issue than the kicker missing a kick at the end. He made all of his extra points, and he made his other field goal. He just missed one big kick that everyone's talking about. But Diggs out there the entire game musters three catches. With a quarterback with a certified cannon arm. Probably best arm in the NFL overall, like, pow- power-wise. Uh, I don't know, man. Jared, Jaron Hall and Dobbs. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I feel like you're right. He does have just an absolute bomb of an arm, and, yeah, it's just kind of inexcusable. So I, that's really what I'd look at this, because there's always drama with digs that he'll produce, but now I think it's kind of from the like an executive side where there's maybe an issue here. Um, so that's kind of what I'm interested in, especially at 25 mil. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's a lot of money for no performance. It's got to match that. Um, and then the third game, Green Bay versus San Francisco. Um, so this was a close game. Um, Debo Samuel being injured didn't help at all. Um, uh, he did avoid a fractured shoulder, but the head coach, Kyle Shanahan, uh, did say it was a similar injury to the one that sidelined him for a few games. So that is a little concerning. Um, I'd imagine he's going to do, they're going to do everything in their power to have him out, 
against the Lions for this next game, but even if he's out there, I doubt he's 100%, and that could present a problem, but I feel like just having Debo on the field, there's no way you can ignore him or act like he's not an all-pro. Every time he's on the field, you need to look at him, and he could even be useful as a decoy, yeah. so I, uh, I'd expect he I, I mean, I don't know if he does play, but I'd expect, you know, we don't find out until a day or maybe even the day of the game. Oh, I'm sure day <clears> of <throat> the game. Yeah. Like, especially with a big name like Debo Samuel, like, that, he is going to take C.J. Gardner-Johnson and whatever corners lined up against him. Darius Slade. Branch, maybe. 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 But... Uh, yeah, no, he's going to take up their top uh, DBs if he's even just on the field. They Even if you don't throw to him for the first half, like, he's going to be pretty much double covered throughout the entire thing. Outside, Because outside of Kittle, they don't have very strong pass catchers. Brandon Ayuk is good, but he's not, like, certified hands. Like, he's not known for being the, you know, top five wide receiver in the NFL. He's known for being good at everything, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the Christian McCaffrey is kind of what glues that team together for sure. Like, if they didn't have him, I feel like this injury with Debo would be just absolutely detrimental. But having McCaffrey out there and Kittle and Ayuk, that gives you a lot of weapons. And then, obviously, Debo just brings that to another level. So, taking him out, it it doesn't mean that San Francisco doesn't have a chance or anything. It just... It, it definitely makes it more challenging, as we saw it was a more challenging game against Green Bay. Um, but yeah, this was one where you were almost right on it being a trap game. Like, it literally came down to the end. Like, if Jordan Love doesn't make that dumb interception, th- they could have just lived for another down. And it's very possible he could have taken that. But oh, yeah. uh, I, I'm really impressed with Purdy because the, the critics were on him saying he can't win these games. He can't do it. Well, here he goes. It's outside in sloppy conditions, and you lose your number one wide receiver in a dirty, just down game, and he pulled through. I mean, that's what the good quarterbacks do. It's not always you're going to put 400 yards, four touchdowns, and no picks. That's not how the NFL works. Some games you're not going to do that hot. And, you know, it was a really close battle, but at the end of the day, Purdy was the winning quarterback. And I think that can shut up a lot of his critics. Um, cause I think he's a good quarterback. I don't think he is an elite, like Tom Brady, Mahomes level or anything, but there's no reason he can't win a Super Bowl with a roster like San Francisco's. <clears throat> yeah. I, I don't know if I'm ready to write Purdy off of that whole system quarterback thing quite yet. I mean, there were some uh, throws that he made that were very clearly shaky due to the rain. Maybe the pressure a little bit. Who really knows? I'm just not ready to uh, crown Purdy as doing it on his own at all yet. Well, I mean, I I don't think you're going to find that out for a number of years because I I think you got to give Kyle Shanahan a ton of the credit because he also was able to go to the Super Bowl with a quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo. So if if Brock Purdy makes it, I mean, you can give your props to him, uh, Purdy, but to me, it's more really appropriate with Shanahan and the GM Lynch, how they've been able to construct a roster and how it doesn't really matter what quarterback they have. Shanahan is able to talk in these guys ears and put them in a winning situation so 
that's really what I'm impressed with, just their roster building capabilities and just their ability to coach. Uh, even all these years where they've had injuries, San Francisco's been in the conversation, and it just seems like this year's the year where things are really clicking with uh, having a healthy roster. But unfortunately, of, cor- of course, you're going to lose Debo when that happens. Right. <laughs> um, but then this is uh, – uh, some news that came out. Jordan Love is expected to get a quote-unquote massive contract. Um, so I'm a little concerned if he can carry a less talented team. He wasn't getting Mahomes money this year. He wasn't getting Josh Allen money this year. And they have a lot of young players. They're an extremely young team. What if you have to start paying some of these guys? What if Love becomes a top 10 paid quarterback? Is is this roster going to be able to compete to the same level? I don't know. I'm not ready to say... I, like, I was already skeptical on Jordan Love a lot of the time. Yeah, he looks good a lot, but he also looked crap a lot of the season. And um, the, the thing I was impressed most watching them in the playoffs was the defense more so than Jordan Love. But... I think you kind of saw that with that last play, too. Jordan Love is not this all-pro quarterback by any means right now. He has shown flashes of being great, but he had that boneheaded interception at the end of the game. It's not a fourth down play. It was, I believe, second down. All he has to do is throw it out of bounds, and you still have another two plays or one, whatever down it was. It wasn't over, and he just throws it across his body into the center of the field against the top defense, well, yeah, that's kind of what's going to happen. The big concern there was the defender not going down. <laughs> like yeah. that, I was like, oh, my God, Andrew's going to be right. He's not going down. He's going to fumble it. <laughs> that was my concern. But I just saw a dumb play from Love and then immediately, well, we're going to off. We're probably going to do this big contract. I mean, I guarantee that's what he wants, but that cannot be in the best interest of the team. The only way it would is if that contract is heavily in, um, incentive laced, but a quarterback ain't gonna do that like that's not what they're gonna they know what they're worth he knows he can get paid so it makes complete sense for him but i'd be skeptical on how that happens like i was saying the vikings i see them being the bottom of the rot of the division the next four years or uh four or five years potentially um with the bears and packers playing well but honestly i mean i think it's likely that one of them would underperform and this is a thing where the Packers could really take a step back is if Love just, you know, triples or quadruples his salary from one year of being a starter. That could really hamper what they do, but I don't know. What what do you think of that report of him getting a big contract? I think it's fine. I mean, you gotta do it. You, you know, you are pretty sure he's the answer currently. Quarterback contracts only go up every season, so what you're gonna pay of, like, I just threw out a number, $40 million a year to Jordan Love is only going to go up to 50 if you pay him next year. I think he's under contract through this year already, so an extension is going to be after that. So, I mean, I feel like it's just in the Packers' best interest to lock him up. He's already locked up the next season. You're already on the roller coaster, so to speak. Why jump off just before you get to the top? Yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not saying you can let him go. Like, there's no way. The only other thing you could really do is franchise tag, and that is extremely expensive. Yeah. But, but, I mean, if you're not sure, that's always a route. Like, you know, Washington wasn't sure on Cousins for years and kind of backfired on them, especially if you look at what they've dealt with with quarterbacks over the years. But 
if you're not sure, it does give you the flexibility to not be like locked into a contract. But like you said, the the totals are only going up too. So if you're if you got a lot of doubt, you probably don't. But even if you're above like fifty percent certain, the the way like how as long as like the guaranteed money is not too high, it's probably worth it. But if he does like a fully guaranteed long term deal or something, I mean. Hey, maybe it pans out, but I would be extremely skeptical. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think the Packers are known for giving out super heavily guaranteed contracts either. Yeah, I mean, did did Rod? I mean, I feel like the only time I really noticed them like paying guys is pretty much quarterbacks. I mean, I know like they paid um, Jordy Nelson for a number of years and uh, uh, Adams, Devonte Adams, a number of years, but. You know, it's and like Zadarius Smith, like that was weird bringing him and the other Smith in in one off season. Like that is not what Green Bay does. But yeah, I I don't know. I guess I I just feel like generally they don't seem to really pay people except for their quarterback. Is like it seems like they build their quarterback and then build through the draft and cheap free agent accurate. Like that's just kind of what they do. And I don't know. We'll have to see how that pans out because I'm. Even if Love is great, I just still don't think he'll ever be as good as Favre and Rodgers. And that's, you know, those are Hall of Famers. Like, even if you're very good, you'd still be below a Hall of Famer. There's I, like, <laughs> I mean, right now he's starting off where Favre ended with the uh, over the across the body <laughs> yeah. center of the field pass. So, I mean, we're looking really at a continuation of Favre right now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember that that far that final year, but then he did come back that that another year to try and run it back, and it was even worse. I remember. Yeah, that, that was bad. I blocked that from my memory. <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a tough year to watch, but it is what it is. Um, well, now let's get into Tampa Bay and uh, Detroit. Uh, both Andrew and I called this game correct, although I was uh, really nervous about the game, and I really think Tampa Bay showed exactly why I was having trouble predicting this game. Um, I did not like the two-point conversion at the end of the game towards uh, uh, throwing Mike Evans away that wasn't uh, completed. Um, But otherwise, it was a really close game that... It was pretty pretty good throughout the whole game. I feel like Mayfield had uh, two interceptions, I believe, and one was at the end that was pretty bad, but... I mean, at that point, I don't know. I feel like that two-point conversion was a really dumb play, and that kind of put them more into panic mode more than they needed to be and it just you know got away from them but at the end of the day the Detroit Lions are a better roster than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers but they played to their strengths and gave it their all and I think you saw an, an, a possible team that could dominate the NFL, NFC South for the next four or five years with Baker Mayfield at the helm especially if Mike Evans comes back because I like how they're coached I really um I really like uh, Bowles, Todd Bowles. He's very good coach, and the defense is nice. Uh, Winfield Jr. is going to be a premier safety for the next decade in the NFL. Um, Yeah, they're just a fun roster, and I'm really looking forward to seeing that Mayfield um, contract extension this offseason. But yeah, it just uh, hats off to Detroit, I guess. Um, Anything you want to say about that game? I wasn't able to catch too much with myself. I was uh, keeping an eye on the kids and stuff. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, I'm happy Detroit won. They get to go to conference championship. Happy for their fans, all that fun stuff. I know that you're not a fan of that take, but, yeah. Um. So the Lions, they are signing tight end Zach Ertz now. 
Um, but he only had 27 catches, 187 yards, and a touchdown in seven games with Arizona this year. Now it's Arizona, so take it with what you want. Uh, obviously, he's older, and he's had a few injury issues. So I don't know what he really gives you, but obviously Laporta is your number one, and I'm pretty sure they had another tight end who's been playing okay. So maybe it's maybe they just want to use him a few plays. Maybe it's just uh, some locker room presence maybe just depth if need be because he is a super bowl winner he has gone all the way so regardless of how they use him i like the move because just bringing that uh, experience into the uh, locker room this late can you know be a boost especially talking to a guy who's done it before who knows what to do how to prepare and everything and that could help them a lot right um but you know, kind of what you said about the the happy story. I I wanted to say, when did Vikings fans forget that Detroit is a rival? I I mean, I, I saw this the other day. Is like some uh, one of the Vikings pages, a fan page they have, is like, how do you feel about Detroit? And it's a mixture. It's a lot of people like saying what you are. I'm so happy you get to do it. You can't you can't not be happy for these Detroit fans. They've been through so much. Yada yada yada. And then there's the other half. No, I'm not rooting for the Packers. I'm not rooting for the Bears, and I'm not rooting for the Lions. No, I'll never root for a division rival. It was cool at some point, but it's not cool anymore. And you know, I, I'm I agree with that. I just at the end of the day, they are a rival. Like yeah. it was fine. I've always said that I want Detroit to win the division over the Bears or the Packers if the Vikings don't win. I still think that's fair. Out of all the division opponents, I hate the Lions the least. And I think that that's a fine take to have. But they're one game from the Super Bowl. It's a problem. What if they win? What if they win this game and go to the Super Bowl? How is that going to feel all of a sudden? I just keep telling myself they're not going to win the Super Bowl because, yeah, no, I'm not cheering for them to win a Super well, Bowl. That's a whole other – I'm just saying, what if they win this conference game and just go to the Super Bowl? That That's even something in itself. That's... If they win, too – I mean, I was I was talking to my buddy who's in uh, California because he's, he's saying oh, how much he likes it and he's so happy for the Lions and their fans, and I'm like, no. Like – I just don't like it. I think if they won a Super Bowl, I'd literally be depressed. Because we are such a more decorated franchise than the Lions. We are one of the most decorated in the NFL's history. The only thing that is missing from the Minnesota Vikings is a Super Bowl. That is it. That is all we need. So if some freaking bottom-feeding team franchise wins the Super Bowl before the Vikings, I'm just, I'm not going to be happy. It's going to be really hard. Like, it's it's easier if the Texans go and do it, because they're in the AFC. It's easier if Jacksonville goes and do it. They're in the AFC. It, hell, it's even easier if, like, I mean, the Falcons, if they had won. Like, I wouldn't really have cared. They're not in our division. But in a, a division rival, it just, it just pisses me off. I don't know. Like, because, yeah, I was happy for him at some point this season, because, yeah, it sucks to lose all the time. But now we're starting to get into my feelings because, like, it just sucks. Maybe if, like, we had won Super Bowls, I wouldn't feel this way. But it's I, I hate hearing the Packers fans talk about all their Super Bowls over us. You got to hear the Bears fans talk about their way back glory days. And what if the Lions can now? Well, we got one Super Bowl. I mean, now we're, we're never going to hear the end of it. Oh, we're yeah, never no, going to we'll hear, hear the end of that. Yeah. But we would also never hear the end of shit talk on the Lions if they went to the Super Bowl and then lost. 
Because then they get that perfect amount of hope. That's one thing Lions fans have never dealt with because they've never had it. Yep. That heartbreaker of hope that's going to smack them if they lose the Super Bowl. That's going to be delicious. I mean, most Vikings fans cannot say they've seen that in their lifetime at this point because obviously we had, um, in our lifetimes, um, most of us are probably a little young, too, to talk about the 98 season. Um until the 07 Patriots with Randy Moss, the Randy Moss, Chris Carter-led Vikings were the best offense in the NFL's history. We were favorited to move past the Atlanta Falcons, and then our perfect kicker misses a kick, a la Buffalo Bills the other day. Heartbreak one of our lifetimes. Heartbreak two was against, well, we were already talking about it, Brett Favre's crap against the New Orleans Saints. Now that was, I mean... That's the uh, first memory I have of crying in a football game. I, that was really hard. It was, I mean, I was 14 at the time, and it was really gut-wrenching because we were so close, and I feel like everyone knows that the NFC Championship was that Super Bowl this year. Those were the two best teams. And then Bounty Gate comes out and it makes it even worse. Right. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I, like, I still hate the New Orleans Saints to this day, and I don't think that'll ever change. I actually hate them more than I hate the Lions. And I'm still mad at the Lions, but, like, I just, I absolutely hate the Saints. So that's just I hate just the Saints more than I hate the Bears. Yeah, like, probably. I mean, really, the Packers and Saints are my two hate, most hated teams. That's right. just how it is. Like, the Saints, doesn't matter. They could be in the AFC. They could be in the uh, the American, or... Uh, United Football. Yeah, League. anything. They can be in anything. I, I'd hate them. I, they could be a high school team, you know? I'd go and boom <laughs> the little kids. <laughs> Throw snowballs at them down in L.A. <laughs> But, yeah, so, um, and then the other one was, um, oh, I don't know if I'll get the year wrong. It was either 2016 or 2017. It was the year we had Case Keenum, and we had the miraculous run with the Minneapolis Miracle and everything, because um, I don't think anyone was expecting that to be, like, the year, because we kind of just came out of nowhere, and then with a quarterback like Case Keenum made a Cinderella story, and after the Minneapolis Miracle, I mean... After what we had gone through, I remember being there at the stadium, and I just felt like, this is it. This is it. Like, everything has gone wrong, but no way this... Ha like, something is in the air. Why not us? Especially with the home uh, Super Bowl on the yeah. line. Like, we... Every Vikings fan bought into it. It, it just felt like it. Like, it, going into the year, no. But it, just at that moment, like, there was nothing else you could think that it wasn't... It, it just seemed destined. And then you just, you, you have one fantastic drive against the Eagles to start. I mean, you, yes, we are doing it. I told you. And then 34 unanswered points, I believe. Um, quickly forgot those feelings. Three big heartbreaks from my life. And I've seen other ones, but those were the three NFC Championship game heartbreaks. Um, they're gut-wrenching, and I hope that happens to the Lions. They need to feel what I feel. They need to... They can't... I'm going to be so pissed if I have to see that old season ticket fan holder who's, like, in his 90s win a Super Bowl with his team. That... No. No. Unless I'm 90 and that happens, then it's fair, but I know it's not going to happen. That's not going to happen for my life. But then there's these little kids, too. They're college teams winning championships and short... Where where's my happiness when I was a kid? Like, come on, like that that always like I'm not mad at the little kids, you know, when they're yeah. like having all this joy, but I'm like mad at my teams. Like, why couldn't you give me that? That's what I wanted as a kid, and 
seeing their joy that i never ha- i'll never have that as a the kid parade man yeah. like going to that as a kid i'm sure is just right. hype i mean i can guarantee with your family you've had great times and you can remember back and smiling and everything even sports but you never had the excitement of winning a championship or anything like we can't even fathom what that would be so it's you know i've i'm just bitter i think that's what it is i'm just bitter and I think as a Vikings fan, that's a very appropriate feeling. And it, and it's probably a healthy feeling because what else can you feel? <laughs> I don't know. But um, yeah, and then let's get into this week's games. We are down to the final four in the NFL. Wild stuff. Um, Let's go right to the AFC. Baltimore and KC. Um. Andrew, I'm going to let you start. You can go your pick first and explain your reasoning. Okay, so I picked Kansas City to win this game, and that is because Mahomes has taught me the lesson he teaches everyone every year. Just don't pick against Mahomes in the playoffs. Andrew and Jordan are 0-2 this year on that one. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I feel like he has to smack that into anybody who makes a guess every season, and I, I learned my lesson two weeks in. So I'm I'm picking Kansas City. I I don't know. He taught he told his wide receivers to catch the ball and they finally listened because they got bonuses on on the line. Yeah, no, Kansas City is going to beat Baltimore, even though everything says no to that on paper. Um I myself am gonna go Baltimore. Now, um it's kind of funny because this matchup is the team I thought was gonna win it before the season. Uh, for the AFC, and the team who I thought is going to win since, I don't know, the halfway point or something in the AFC, going into this year, I think for the AFC, you know, 9 out of 10 people said, KC's probably going to, because who else, how are you going to doubt Mahomes? But then, we saw the receivers have issues, and that's when I think a lot of our faith faded away, but as Andrew said, they just, he said, hey, it's time to catch, and they're like, okay, we understand now. So, I mean, whatever. Uh, Tony... He, wa- he did not play, though. I think that, that's why. Having him out is, like, the biggest addition by subtraction. Having Tony not active is like having Jerry Rice on the field in his prime. Like, that's how bad he is. <laughs> so, yeah, I think that was actually a big thing, though. And then, as I said, Travis Kelsey, two touchdowns. First time he's gotten a touchdown in two months. If he's starting to wake up, the Mahomes-Kelsey connection is... I mean, that's today's Brady Moss, uh, I'm, Mahomes Brady Hill, you know, whatever. That's that's what it is. Like, yeah, specifically tight ends. Yeah, Jack, I mean, hell, Jackson uh, uh, Andrews on the Baltimore side. You got two big quarterback tight end duos. So it's going to be really fun. And then you have, um, you know, a lot of talent on the defense. Chris Jones, of course, who came back. And oh, I'm blanking Les on that. Sneed. Yes. Les uh, Sneed. They have a corner, too. Uh, a corner. Casey, is that their rookie? They had a rookie corner this year, or second year. I don't know. He's don't been know. playing very well. So like, they have, to have a nice defense. And then Baltimore, I mean, we already said Roquan Smith and uh, Patrick Queen. Um, we already talked about Humphrey possibly coming back. The D-line's been ferocious. Uh, Delvin Cook's been added to the roster and had a big play. You have uh, Zay Flowers, Odell Beckham, Andrew is lively. Jackson's a threat himself with his legs. This is the 
best game you could have asked for in the ASC, probably. I oh, thought yeah. the Bills would be a better game, but then you kind of watched how they are, and then you see Mahomes just wills himself to it. It Mahomes versus anyone is the best game, and Lamar Jackson's this year's MVP against the defending champ. I mean, as good as the other game's going to be, this is the game of the week. This is the one we all want to watch. Baltimore KC. I think Baltimore will edge through, but as Andrew said, um, me going against Mahomes three times is wild. Uh, I'll say again, though, if, like I said with uh, the Packers last week, if they won, I'm just going to go with them the whole way. If Mahomes wins this game, I I wouldn't take him. I mean, I'm picking them for sure in the Super Bowl if he can get through Baltimore. I really feel like whoever wins this AFC game, though, is who wins the Super Bowl. I just feel like Baltimore is the best team, but if KC figures out a way to get past, that means they can beat anyone. And Mahomes is the best quarterback in the playoffs right now. Lamar Jackson had the better season, but if you ask me who I want right now, it for sure Mahomes. Oh, yeah. And that's unquestionable. So, yeah, great game, though. Uh, I'm going Baltimore. Andrew's going KC. We'll have to see. And then San Francisco versus Detroit. I'm just going to spoil Andrew's picks. It's my pick, too. We're both going San Francisco. Um, well, my reasoning is this is they're, they're destined. This is, this is what San Francisco's been built for this year. Kyle Shanahan wants to get back. They don't have to go against Philly. They don't have to go against Dallas. I mean, obviously, Dallas wasn't going to be a Super Bowl threat, but right. regular season, Dallas was. So... You know, you got through a lot of the teams you thought were going to give us give you problems. Detroit's obviously a good team, but you've kind of had your path made out for you. You were the number one. You got your bye. You played against the seventh seed, and now you got to play against Detroit, who was not the number two seed. This is kind of the best case scenario they could have hoped for, except for Debo being out. Um, but I just think offensively, they're going to get things done. Um, Detroit has. They're definitely a better defense, but they've, um, they're not like immune. The Vikings were able to roll numbers on them both times we played. Uh, it's not like we won or anything, but we did put numbers on them. We did move the ball down the field and we're not a playoff team. Uh, you saw the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They had a few problems, but they were able to move the ball. Um, before that, the Rams, they played very well against them. Nakua exploded for the rookie record. They are vulnerable defensively. They have players. They can, they make plays, but they're not immune. You have Kittle, you have Ayuk, you have McCaffrey, there's no reason. There's no concern with me with San Francisco's offense and defensively. San Francisco's a great defense. Detroit's a great offense. I'm a little concerned of maybe San Francisco not being able to hold up with them all game. But like I said, this is just two very good teams. But I think San Francisco's offense will just give them the edge because the other matchup is maybe even. I feel like San Francisco will get some three and outs, um, but I feel like. Detroit's going to score points. Oh, yeah. But I feel like San Francisco scores points, too. This is probably going to be another close game, regardless who wins. I mean, I I say no one wins by more than a touchdown. It's probably a field goal is going to come down to this game. Um, And I really think a lot of it is going to come down to a bad play call by Dan Campbell. That's what it's going to be. It's going to be a game of who's the better coach for longer. And I I feel like... Uh, Shanahan wins that 
99 times out of 100. Campbell makes some dumb choices sometimes. Really, He really does. He throws some stinkers out there, play calling-wise. I mean, love the guy. Love the bite your kneecaps off. Love the train metaphors and everything like that. But, man, he just, he makes some boneheaded, who made this guy a coach decisions. And then, you know, you hear him talk and you're like, oh, that's why he's a coach. Right. But... Um, and, and Jared Goff, he's played his games in Detroit thus far. He, Jared Goff's different indoors versus outdoor weather. He's a different quarterback. This game's not in Detroit. They have to go to San Francisco and they have to win it against a, a really, um, you know, energetic crowd that's going to be into it. It's going to be a tough environment. I, I'm not sure if Goff's up to it. I, I've i been skeptical on Goff throughout his career, though. Like, I think he's improved a crap ton with the Lions. Like, I I criticized him a lot on the Rams. I just thought something was missing. And then, obviously, they got rid of him. Stafford brought in, and boom, they won a Super Bowl. My concerns felt validated. But then I've had the uh, pleasure or displeasure, how you look at it, of watching Goff play two times a year against the Vikings. And uh, the the initial year, I saw a lot of the crap from, like, the Rams. He's not all that good, but now he's got Amon St. Brown. Now he's got Laporta. Now he's got Gibbs. Now he's got Montgomery. He's got a good O-line. This is Goff at his best. And this is, I mean, this is Pete Goff. And if he's going to do it, I think his time is now. I, I don't know. I, I feel like this team is almost... I'm, like, I'm not saying next year they're not going to win the division or they're not going to be a playoff hunter. I'm just saying this team feels like lightning in a bottle. I don't know if they can match this any other season. Like Next year, I could... You know, they might make the division championship again. Hey, they might even make the NFC championship. But I just... I doubt this roster is this good again next year. Just... It's, it's all clicked. It's all clicked. I still think they'll win the division and kind of dominate our division for the foreseeable future but i'm just wondering if like this feels like their year and it kind of feels the same for san francisco and that's kind of what you are at with the at this point in the season all the teams left are the ones that are destined for it but only one can win um i wouldn't be surprised if any of these teams win it though like honestly all four of these teams had great years but i'm still just going baltimore as my super bowl pick i i can't i can't go off them right now i don't know yeah, I can easily. You're definitely right in that. Like either of these teams that uh, win, whoever wins the AFC is going to be the favorite to win the Super Bowl. Like no matter what, at that point, uh, I will say Goff is used to playing in Santa Clara, though. Like it's not like that's going to be unfamiliar territory. He to did it. play there for a while. Yep. Yeah. So like, it's not like he's going to get like Santa Clara obviously like does well with their home field advantage. Their fans show up and, you know, Niner gang, bang, bang all the way, whatever you want to say. But I don't know. I, I do feel like San Francisco is going to walk away with the W for sure. And well, I mean, you saw the colors, so it's, it's looking like it's Baltimore and San Francisco, but now that we're done with the picks, so we're we're both me and Andrew are five and five. Um, I was a game behind them, but then after this week, I was able to skip one again. So now we're tied. So we're for sure we're gonna either live or die by that San Francisco pick. But Baltimore KC is gonna change things up, and then we're gonna only have a Super Bowl to either break even or pull through. So we'll have to see. But I'm liking that. We're both. Uh, it's been a tough playoffs to pick, really. Like normally, I feel like I am a lot better at picking playoff picks, and this year it's been 
just kind of crazy. It's just, you know all out there. But uh, but next year, did you see the Super Bowl logo? Did you see the colors? Yeah. It's either going to be Baltimore versus Green, or I believe uh, yeah, it's Baltimore versus Green Bay or Minnesota versus the Jets. That's what the colors seem to align with. I think. Imagine if it's the Vikings. Imagine a Vikings Jets Super Bowl. Like, like, uh, like, just it would have to have. So Cousins would have to come back for this to be a cool story. Yeah, you know what I mean. And Rodgers would obviously have to have a healthy recovery and come back. But just imagine that. Actually, the Vikings and Jets meeting in the playoffs. Cousins versus Rodgers. It doesn't matter if you hate these teams or whatever. That would be a selling game. Sauce Gardner versus JJ. Ooh. Oh man, I like I saw the colors and I'm just like like I know it has to be Baltimore. It has to be Baltimore because there's only two purple teams, so it's got to be one of us. But you know, you, you, you never it, the NFL is a crazy league. Like you can literally be a crap team and in one year be a contender. It's, oh yeah, we saw it with the Texans this year. Like. No one thought the Texans would be that good. We'd probably say, hey, Stroud's probably going to be good. They're going to have a nice year building their roster. No, 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 no. They said, no, no, no. We're going to contend. And they contended as much as humanly possible with how good their roster was. I mean, the Vikings have talent. Like, Jefferson's great. Hawkinson's great. Addison's great. O'Neal's great. Darisaw's great. Um, Addison's not great. Uh, <laughs> Ivan Pace, he's great. Um... Smith, we have Metellus, Bynum, but, I mean, maybe you start to... Defensively, I'm seeing some issues. So, the only way that would be possible is if... um, Because I was saying that move off Cousins, we need to just prepare for the future. But if this Super Bowl card's right, then we have to go for it. And then you do what my original thing was, is sign Cousins, and I think then you have to go D-line. Or, hey, if there's a star corner sitting on the map or something, you'd probably just go best defensive player in the draft outside of safety for your first round pick and as long as you hit i mean it's not that far-fetched honestly like i could yeah. see it happening like i could also see it not happening as i've not seen it my entire existence of life but you know hey it, it could, could happen it could, it could always it could. happen and if it does i mean that well i wonder how lions fans will act what will they say in michigan these stupid vikings fans will they go wow it's so cute i love their story we'll have to see We'll have to see okay. <laughs> Detroit okay. fans. That's also natural, <laughs> passive-aggressive Minnesota. Like, oh, cute, the little brother thinks yeah. he can hang. <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, that's uh, it was an interesting card I'm seeing. I'm just, I'm thinking it's probably going to end up being, the Packers seems bullcrap, but the Seahawks are another team. Hey, maybe it could be Seahawks versus Baltimore, but... That seems like a lame Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm not hyped on that Super Hell, Bowl. Hell, even at all. the Ravens Packers sounds like a lame Super Bowl. I feel like it has to be Vikings Jets if you're trying to sell a game. So if it's scripted, that that's the game. That's the game for sure. You're making your money. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's all I want to say now. And then is there anything else you want to say, Andrew? Nah, I'm good. Um, well, perfect then. So uh, next week, I suppose we'll be back to make a. Uh, Super Bowl picks, even though there'll be a, a break for the Pro Bowl one week. Um, but yeah, it's uh, going to be interesting now. Just uh, two games this week before the Super Bowl. There's only three left before the season is over. That's uh, kind of sad, but you know these years fly by with the NFL. So um, 
Well, that's all I have to say today. So, um, well, we'll be back next time. Um, that's it for Ope Sports with Jordan Adams. Jordan Adams, signing off. Gave a lot of time, just focused on rapping. A lot of people doubted it, said it wouldn't happen. Focus on my own path, others walking straight. This rap game a jungle, use my prey.